Welcome to Miracles in Recovery with Ray Lynch. If you are one of the millions of people facing addiction issues or the loved one of someone who is, we're here to help and to discuss solutions. Hope is in your corner. Now, here's your host, Ray Lynch. Good evening and welcome to Miracles in Recovery. Today's date is July 31st. 31st, End of July. And for July 31st, there is one very important person that I have to speak out to. That is my mother. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Mom. I love you. Happy birthday. I hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. Of course she is. She's got me as a kid. How else would she get? You know what I mean? I think all her kids are good. Yeah, all seven of them. Wow, that's um, that's truly amazing! Quite an accomplishment. Happy right, birthday! Right, and it was it was also uh, probably very trying with seven children. Oh, I can only in, imagine. In all in this state, in, in all different states of despair and and disarray. Oh, of course, and she's a nurse as well. So I, you know, I can and, only imagine too. Just about killed me. And a recovering alcoholic. I'm going to pull her a coat because why not? <laughs> why not? So, yeah. This is the show to do that. Yeah, exactly. And congratulations exactly. for years in recovery as well. Exactly. Well, I have a couple of other shout outs that I want to give as well. Um, Ellen's daughter ultimately will be graduating from college on Thursday, correct? August correct. 3rd? Nice. August 3rd. Having a big celebration. Nice. I'm sure. I'm sure. It's been a long time coming, but guess what? You know something? That's what that's what determination and perseverance um, brings because she, you know, nobody out in the audience knows the path that she walked with this, but I mean, we kind of know where she stumbled and where she stood yeah. and where she stepped up and what she had to do. And, you know, something she didn't quit. And yeah, that, she and really did. She, uh, she had some very difficult times last year and kind of uh, had to put school on hold, but she came back, with came roaring in and has done it, and I couldn't be prouder. It, it is, um, she, she did um, cosmetology school, which... I had I knew nothing about, and quite honestly, from watching her go through this, I think it's harder than college was for me, because there's so much that you have to learn that you you just don't know, you what know you how well how to color hair, how to cut hair, even how to hold the scissors. All of the different things that yeah, have I to mean, do you with, put the yeah. scissors against a different finger. I I just I couldn't imagine, and then dealing with people, you know, because they do it all day in school. Yep. And dealing with um, people like me who come in and are very particular about how they want their hair. That's scary. But you sat in the chair, right? You oh, yeah. Her, you I sat in hair? the chair. Yeah. In, in yeah. the name of education, I certainly did. Yeah. And, Cut and color. You know, and, and it's funny because fully knowing, um, and, and this may not come out right, but I, I know what I mean, but fully knowing who and how she is, mm-hmm. um, when I was texting back and forth with her about her needing a guy to cut her hair, if I wasn't in Hollywood, I just would have ran right down there 
not even wanting to let her cut my hair, <laughs> but I would have just did it because I knew that she needed something to. Right. She needed yeah. a, a guy as a model for the one of the last tests yeah. that she had to do and had a hard time finding a guy that had enough hair to do it. Yeah. She, she probably wouldn't have been able to do it with mine. Anyway. I don't know. Yours may have been too short on the size. Yeah. But anyway, she did. She ultimately found somebody and she's passed all of the other tests, including they have to take one on HIV AIDS. Um, I guess it's yeah. No, I guess you know, that makes a danger sense. for yeah. them because they yeah. do occasionally yeah, deal with blood they, and stuff. Yeah, because they count of blood if yeah. they if they cut or or anything if there's a scab and it right. opens up. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's absolutely something. They probably had to do CPR as well, right? I don't think they did no? CPR, but that surprises me because yeah, because usually in today's world that's something that's commonplace. Where yeah, I had to take it years ago when I was working in a hospital, but I wasn't very good at it. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I don't know why I had to take it. I was on the fire department. <laughs> oh, gee, yeah. But, yeah. Why would you need to know how to do that? <laughs> so I, I also want to. This is a. This is like kind of like a busy day with birthdays. My my niece Paige, it's her birthday today, and I'm going to say. She's 28? No, no, my, no, Janelle's 28. So she's going to be 20. She's 29 today. Oh, happy birthday, Paige. Happy birthday, Paige. And also my friend Ann's mother, who is 88, Mrs. Gonzalez. I never knew. I went to school with Ann when we were, when we were kids. And I never knew that our parents shared, uh, our mothers shared, shared the, the same, same birthday. birthday. It's well, crazy. happy birthday That's, to her, too. My mother's 88. It's wonderful that, that we still have them. I'm, I feel very blessed. Yeah. I'm sure she does, too. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I was I went to uh, see my mother yesterday, and and um, I brought her. The crazy thing is, oh, I showed it to you uh, last week or a couple of weeks ago. That that um, wedding album. Yes, yeah. Yes. So I, my uncle, randomly out of anywhere, just just messaged me on Facebook and said, "Hey, I was going through some stuff, and I found your mother's wedding album." Um, and she ultimately told me yesterday it was from 1956. Wow, that's the year I was born. Really well, old. You, you shouldn't be doing that, Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> well, did she know you had it, or was it a surprise? She, she had no clue. Oh, no, wow. she had no clue. I wrapped it up nice, oh, and, nice and pretty. And, and of course, that's why I'm the favorite one. But, well, yeah, um, you, you're so yeah, thoughtful. Well, that's I'm saying wonderful. that. I'm saying that for the benefit of my sister because I know she's listening. <laughs> I know she's listening. <laughs> <laughs> so I wrapped it up. I went over to the house and. Um, um, she thought it was a picture of my daughter and granddaughter. And um, I was like, well, it very well could be. And when she opened it up, she, she was kind of like... Oh, I bet she was blown away. How long has it been since she saw those pictures? She, she didn't even... It, there was no recollection of because because it was so long ago and probably at the time. It said on it, our children's wedding. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, she first thought it. She thought at <laughs> she thought at first that um, it was probably like the bridesmaids got them. Yeah, and it, and it came from one of her sisters because that's where my uncle, uh, you know, is married to her sister or was married. She passed away, but um, so yeah. She probably thought that that was like a favor that 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 the bridesmaids mm-hmm. got, but it said on it our children, so it was her mother that it was had her it. mother's album. Yeah. Wow! So somebody somebody had snagged that and held on to it for a little while, and fortunately enough, I got to give it to her yesterday, and I was you know my mother of course has pictures of her father, and um. You know she brought that out, and I think I look more like my grandfather. Than I do my own father. 
Really? I, well, I, I think we, we we ultimately have the same ears. I mean, that, that picture there is from... Wow, you really do. That picture there is from 1926 or something like that. Wow. Maybe he was Look at Maybe that. he was a senior in, in, uh, in high school. So you got the same nose, the same face shape, and, everything, and, and the ears. The ears are the same. That's what. That's well, what I can't see your ears right now. Headphones on, but yeah. So anyway, now that uh, we've wasted, no, it wasn't wasted. I guess it's talking about good stuff, right? Yeah, happy stuff. Happy stuff. Uh, speaking of happy stuff, how's the transition going? The transition. The transition. The transition is uh, not particularly happy. <laughs> No. Uh, I am, for those who don't know the the sad story of what we've been going through, um, my husband and I sold our house that we've been in for many years, raised our children in. We haven't been able to find another house. And so we moved very unhappily into a furnished rental property where we are living and desperately searching for another house. I think we looked at... Five houses yesterday, and one house today, and four houses the day before. Wow, and nothing. Still haven't found. Um, there are some possibilities, but I don't know how much work I am willing to do <laughs> to make yeah. a house normal. And a lot of the ones, because we're looking in kind of a lower price range, we're trying yeah. to downsize. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them are older, and they need work. And if you watch anything on HGTV, which is all about flipping houses now, you know, the first thing we do is walk in and go, well, it needs new floors, it needs <laughs> yeah. new kitchen, it yeah. needs new bathrooms. Everyone's, needs, a, everyone's yeah. a contractor. Every, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, not even looking outside, not looking at the roof, not looking at the air conditioning and all the other systems. Oh, it's there's a lot to think about. So, um, we're still looking. Right. We've got a few months before we have to be out of the rental, so I'm I'm hopeful in the next couple of months we'll come to a an agreement on something. The other problem is he and I do not see eye to eye on much of anything as far as what we want in a house. Well, you could probably just have, like stop it right after anything. Well, yeah, that's true too. <laughs> that's true too. <laughs> okay, well, let's get down to business. All right. Um we have, we do not have a guest, it's just Ellen and I, so we have a whole hour of being able to just put ideas out there and let you call in and either debunk them or agree with them or share your experience, strength, and hope. Or ask so, us a question. Yeah, or even just a question, a suggestion, get off the air, 866-472-5792. 866-472-5792. Now, let me go over something real quick for everyone who is listening on something that they may want to listen on something else. You can go to www.miraclesinrecovery.org and click on the microphone and you will hear us live between 8 and 9 when we're on the air. Or you can go to voiceamerica.com. And listen and click on health and wellness channel. And we will be live between eight and nine. Or you can you can click on all the archives as well. You can even go on to the Voice America app and listen from your smartphone. Download it on your smartphone. You can listen right on your phone. So you don't even have to be next to a computer. You can just carry your phone with you and get the Yeah, that's get the a good real easy way to hear it. What's that? That's a really easy way to hear it, too. I didn't realize that until I, I was playing it the other day. Oh, on your, on your Yeah, you just, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. 
Pull it up on your phone, and here we are. Yeah, <laughs> I was I was trying to show my mother how to work her how to work her iPad. Um, so that she could listen to the show with her iPad instead of calling in and being put on hold. Um, but it's a process. It is. You know, and and fortunately enough, I was young enough at the time um, to catch on to technology. I wouldn't want to have to all of a sudden be given all of this information at 70. And Oh, uh, I know. I know. know. And, and and the expectation now is that you do everything. You know, you pay your yeah. bills, you yeah. do your taxes, you do everything online. And, yeah, nothing, and if you're, is, nothing is window-friendly anymore. No, no, nothing at all. I no. mean, you, you don't pay with cash anywhere. You're weird if you do. And, you know, yeah. the world has changed. And even as an IT person, a lot of the new stuff confuses me. You know, things are things change at lightning speed now, and it's, yeah. it's very hard to keep up sometimes. Yeah, yeah, they do. And sometimes I don't want to, and that's the other thing. All right, well, if you or your organization would like to be a featured guest on the show, please send me an email at ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. That's ray at miraclesandrecovery.org. We'll send you an information packet, and after that, we'll schedule you to come on the show so we can focus on what you have to bring to the recovery community. But all you out there that are listening, well, I just got, you know, it's, it's incredible. I just got the um, breakdown of who has been listening by country. Oh, yeah. We're, we're this week uh, or last week. Always interesting. Yeah, always there's always one random. There's always an exotic place where you know you don't. I don't know. You don't think about people listening to Americans talk about addiction. Well, and, as, and yet, as the good addict I am, I think the world's listening, <laughs> and, and and they need to. So I'm kind of shocked when I look and I go, "What?" United States, Japan, Germany, Ukraine, Russia, Italy, Netherlands, Netherlands. There you go. Yeah. Oh, no Sweden this week. What's going on? Well, Netherlands is close. They must be on vacation. Um, but no, be. it's you know it's kind of incredible to to know that our message of recovery or our message of suggestion is getting around the world. And um, and it's it's very it's very good that people want to hear it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy that people want to hear it. Yes. So if you want to call in, please dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. Let your voice be heard. Call in. Yeah, this is a great night to call in since we don't have a guest. It absolutely is. It absolutely is because we can talk about anything anything that you want to talk about. We can talk about six or seven different things if you want to talk about it. You know, we we experience a lot of, I'm sure people around the, the nation do too, but we experience a lot of negative press in the Florida region because we we both live in South Florida, so we see a lot of you know um, West Palm Beach, Palm Beach County, Dade County. So all, a lot of the negatives that are coming out of that, nobody talks about the positives, you know, and that's the sad thing because if news was like it used to be, then you we would be getting the good along with the bad. Right. Now all we get is the bad. And it's tough to it's tough to filter and it's hard to um, embrace certain individual companies because that's really what they are. I mean granted they're a recovery facility, but they have a business license on the wall. So they're a they're a business. They're a company. True. It's hard to embrace individual companies when the whole canvas is painted black because of 
somebody that lives in Illinois writing a story about what's going on in South Florida. And that's just tough to it's tough to chew and it's tough to it's tough to accept because there are good people down here. I'm in recovery down here. So I, I would I have stayed if I got down here and said dangerous or would I even be would I even be clean today probably not if it was that dangerous I wouldn't be clean today no and I honestly think that anywhere you go these days is dangerous places that I never would have thought would be touched by the epidemic that we're seeing now including my hometown which is very small very rural very remote and it has it has been touched just like every other place in the country and across the world you know we are experiencing something that even you know this our current president and the past president have acknowledged they're you know yeah we've got a big problem but it is not specific to south florida you know people in south florida are actually trying to help and i think that's one of the reasons for the bad press when you you know when you get a lot of people congregating in one place yeah bad things are going to happen right and and that's a lot of what you know and and there are as there are with anything they're good and bad and you know I think it's good that the you know the news about some of the things that have happened came out because it does make people aware of what's going on. However, absolutely, because if if we didn't have that awareness, people would still be um, paying that price. Well, I there mean, yeah, there's a kind of a naivete I think that goes along with you know somebody who's trying to get someone into treatment for the first time. Right, you don't know anything about. Any anything about it? I certainly didn't when I was when I was going through this, and I work in healthcare. It is a very difficult, scary. You're you're in almost a crisis, emergency type of frame of mind and situation, and you've got to do something quickly because who knows what the addict is going to do, you know? And if they're willing to go, you got to you got to get them out and get them gone. And you rely on a wolf to. Well, you, you, you know, yeah, you hope you that you're dealing with professionals yeah. and you are and maybe you're not. Okay, well, we will be back. That was a quick yeah. 18 minutes, wasn't it? Well, we we will talk. be back on the other side of these commercials. Dial 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health and Wellness. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. 
Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Did you know that nearly a third of Americans have made us the number one country in obesity rates in the world? It's true. It's time for Right Choices. Tune in every week for the show that aims to make you healthier. You don't need a lot of time, money, or even need to travel far. Host Dietrich Wright will show you what you can do easily to be more fit, healthier, have more energy, and live a better life overall. Be sure to make us a part of your weekend every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Step into a healthier you. Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back to Miracles in Recovery. Uh, you can touch base with us on our social media, uh, Twitter, at 855-STOP-USING, at 855-STOP-USING, or on Facebook is uh, Miracles in Recovery. And also, if you want, you can send me an email at ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Let us know what topics you'd like to hear about. If you would like to see if we could get a guest on that you would like to listen to, call in, and speak to, uh, just remember that this is your show. Empower yourself to reach out and call. You know, you're a phone call away from maybe helping someone get well. I know that there were times when I was sitting in here all by myself speaking because uh, there were a few weeks that I did it myself when we were out on terrestrial radio. And I had people calling in, asking, we were on a different platform then, but ask, having you know conversations like, wow, I just happened to find you on the dial. And I heard the word addiction or I heard somebody say something and it caught my attention. I was just actively driving to go get high and this show stopped me. And not that I'm not going to do it after the show, but it it gave me that grace to be able to sit and listen. And you know how touching that is to hear someone say that just words that we were uttering kind of stop their stop their yeah, motion make, for makes a moment. Even a small amount of difference, it, uh, even if a little bit of a thought can get through. Right. That was a seed. Yeah. was, you know, that was a seed. Yes. Maybe that's the one that will grow. I mean, it, it may have stayed, stayed dead for a while, but maybe that's the one that'll grow. We're going to have something that um, I want Ellen to read. And um, it's a, an article. It's, it's, um, it's by Rebecca Christophe. 
And I'm just going to, I'm going to read a little of it and then we're going to talk about it and, and we'll see what everybody thinks. Mom's dead. Not sure if anyone told you. This is the message I woke up to from my brother at 6 a.m. on a work day. For a second, I thought he was joking. For about five seconds, I felt relief. Then I had to sit down because I felt emotions I don't have any names for. Finally, words came out to my husband. My mother's dead. What? How? Are you okay? How does it feel? What do we do? I don't know. I think I'm okay. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm not okay. Now, I, 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 I want to I comment on that because, granted, the average normal person goes into like a bit of a shock when you hear oh, yeah. about someone dying. When you're dealing with an addict, and that's inevitable, that, that's, a, that's a, a topic right out front every single day, you must have a different reaction to it. You must have a different awareness. And the reason why I wanted to read this is because don't take the story from a daughter to a mother. Take, a, take the story from where it fits you to where it fits somebody else. Because everyone is dealing with or you are the person that they are dealing with that this story is about and this is where it hits home and this is where reality where the rubber meets the road is what they say i mean this is the bottom line this is a story from a daughter about her mother who passed away who all through all these years she was dealing with her mother being an active heroin addict my 57 year old mother died from a heroin overdose my youngest brother said he found her on the bathroom floor usually when i find her like that i just shake her really hard and she wakes up this time she didn't I've done the whole grief thing before. Someone dies, usually they're old. You cry, you gather with family and friends, share nice memories, hug people, pause quietly to dwell on your mortality at church, then at the cemetery, store your memories in a cozy corner of your mind, get your closure and move on. I don't know how many funerals I went to when I was still active or even when I got clean of friends of mine who had died uh, prematurely. I mean, granted, their life was heading towards the grave like mine was, but it was still death. They were young. They were under 30. And I have 200 that that I can count like that. And there's probably more, but I have at least 200 that I know that I can name individually. So... Death is a reality with this stuff. It I definitely mean, is. And I, I think those kind of funerals and those kind of even the obituaries and, you know, the, the memorials and all those things are, are different when it's somebody who dies too young from, from this disease mm-hmm. that no one thinks of as a disease. You know, they're thought right. of as, as moral degenerates. And, you know, I've even heard people say they deserve to die. And it's just, you know, the obituary, what do you write in the obituary? All of those things. I know people, I know friends of mine who, who were, I, I would probably have to call them acquaintances now because I know I've, I've shared real life experiences with them uh, when I was a kid that had expected me or anticipating that I should die yeah. because of what I chose to do. And and I made the choice once. You know, I made the choice once. The first time that I that I chose to use heroin was the beginning of the end because I wasn't physically addicted. Mm-hmm. 
but I was absolutely emotionally addicted to it the first time I did it. It took a while for me to be physically, you know, spiritually and mentally broken down to be the addict that I became, but emotionally, right away, I chased it. And and it's the emotional part, I would think, from what I've heard, that the, that's the hardest. It's the hardest to overcome. Right. Because physically, you know, like I, like I have said on other shows, if you take the drug out of the element, yeah, you're going to hurt because yeah, it's in your body, be sick and but your but mind is turned off yeah. to, the, to the physical aspect of it because I, I was in pain all the time. I was, chasing, I was chasing well. I wasn't chasing a high. I was chasing well. So I was on any level of being dope sick on any level at any point in the day. So the physical aspect of it, was okay. I could deal with that. The mental aspect of it and the spiritual aspect of being bro- a broken individual was something completely different. But the but the mental emotional aspect of it, as soon as I knew it was a, I was like I was a fisherman, and when we went out through the through the dike, eh, I was I was sore. But ten days later, when the captain said shake him out, we're going home, I immediately got sick. What does that say? That the physical piece was gone already. Right. It, it's 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 the strongest part of it is in your mind. Yeah, and that's what people don't understand. I think it is a brain disease. Right, and and that's why a lot of people, what they say is they you know they 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 chase the needle. It's not about the high. It's about all of the actions yeah. leading up to it. And that's why when we were talking last week to the gambler, the recovering gambling mm-hmm. addict, I could relate to that because as soon as they pick up a phone, all of their vitals go down. Their fix is in. Well, right? you know, the way that she was describing it too, you know, getting excited when she <laughs> knew she was getting a paycheck because right. then she could go out and get her fix, which, you know, was, I think, slot machines. But it, it's so similar no matter what the the substance or what you choose to do. Uh-huh. You know, it, it ends up, and I always say this, you guys all end up the exact same way. Right. And half the battle is the chase. Yeah. You know, driving in New York and running around New York and running around Houston Street and, and doing all of the crazy madness that we did um, is all just part of the battle, you know. But if I think if it was given to me on a privileged basis, yes, I would have still become an addict, but I don't think I would have had the emotional connection that I did to it. If it was readily available, I don't necessarily know. You know what I mean? Because that's all part of the the, helpless, loveless person that you become. Yeah, it's the the quest and what you have to do, you know, the the lengths that you have to go to that no one can imagine who's not in that illness. Absolutely. That, you know, because I can't, I can't, you know, it's like, well, gee, why don't you just stop? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the logical thing. Physically, you can. Physically, you can. Tie me up. I'm good. Yeah. My mind shuts but off. But as soon as you're yep. cut loose, you're yep. going to go. It's like people who spend a year in jail and they, you know, they go right out and do it again. And you would think after all that and after being off of it for a year, you wouldn't go back to it. But right. They, and that's, that's they what do I'm saying. And they that do and they do. As soon as, as soon as they know they're short, they know they're getting out. Right. 
antsy, fidgety, boom, they're yeah. gone. Yeah. yeah. And so what does that what does that tell us? That tells us that we need to not only um like when we first get clean, it's easy to stay abstinent. But if we stay the individual that we are, it's that individual will get high yeah. again. That individual will use again because someday something emotionally would trigger that individual or me to go back out and get high. I don't know how many times I had a few days and was physically okay. Yeah, and probably thought, I've got this, I'm good. And something but put happened. myself in a situation where emotionally I got banged right back into it. You know, and the, and the thing is, is that it sneaks up on you like it's it's cunning. Mm-hmm. You know, cunning, like, baffling, uh, and powerful. How did I how did I get here? How, I, I I remember driving down the street, and where I originally used to, um, I'm going to say it in a um, user friendly way, where I prefer where I bought my drugs instead of where I copped because <laughs> right where, where I went to where I went to get what I needed it was an exit it was just mm-hmm. an exit and, it, and I was right on the street and I don't know how many times when I first got clean my car automatically drove down that yeah. street and it wasn't it wasn't it was my emotional being doing that it was it was the mental aspect of the disease that still had me physically I felt okay mm-hmm so, so what does that tell you? Emotionally, I was still broken. Yeah, it, the so power if, is in your mind, the, yeah. and the power of the disease lives in your mind, I think. And one of the things that I think it was David Essel said a couple of weeks ago when we interviewed him, that one of the reasons that you know you have such a hard time is you're trying to deal with emotions that you don't know how to deal with, and that's part of the disease. And maybe... Maybe that's why you had to drive to that street. Well, you didn't have when you were 13 and you started using it. And all of a sudden you stop and here they all are like, well, well wait a minute. I'm, t-, you know, like I haven't experienced this before. I, and I'm not yeah, saying so I started w- using heroin at 13, but I, I started I started medicating that right. early. So by the time I got from 13 to 28, that's I was a, a, long different, time a completely to- different individual yeah. at the end. And it was like, who am I in? You know, and and I've seen these things, and and you know they say recovery. I'm going to say it wrong, but when we put ourselves back together, gratefully, we don't go back the same. Because what happens is, is if we went back the same, I would go back out using again because I put myself back the same. I would come out of detox and I would go right back to the corner and say, "Hey guys, I'm clean." I put myself back the same. Yeah, and the, and know? they're like. Yeah, right. How long is that going to last? Yeah, well, sh- sh- tell us how to do it while we yeah. go down and, and get yeah. You got any money? You know? Yeah, so, so, so and, there, and there you go. And yeah. they're doing it. Well, why can't I? And couldn't couldn't even fathom how 20 minutes after that. Yeah, all of a sudden, there you are. I wasn't clean again. And, you know, fortunately enough, I was able to get out of my own way long enough for people to show me who I was and gave me the opportunity to either embrace that individual or want to change that individual. The person that I understood when I got clean 30, 60, 90, 120 days, I didn't want to stay that person. 
because that person still had sick thinking, that person still was willing to accept less than, and that person was homeless, helpless, and loveless, even though I had a pair of new sneakers on my feet and, and a bed at the halfway house that I was living at. And um, I didn't want to play the game anymore. And I don't necessarily think that I hit a bottom because if I use again, that means I'm going, that means there's, I didn't, you know, so I think ultimately I hit my saturation point. Yeah. You know, I got, you I got, had enough. I had enough. And, you know, a bottom, jokingly, I always say, you know, I, my bottom was deep, my bottom was dark. When I hit my bottom, I dug around, I, I scurried around, and I found a shovel. <laughs> And you dug a little deeper. And I deeper. dug a little deeper. So I think I hit a saturation point. And fortunately enough for me, that works for me. If you want to use it, by all means, let's embrace it. But, um, you know, I'm grateful today that I was shown that I could be a different individual. Here we are talking, we were talking about something that we were reading about, and it brought us off on this little t- other little tangent. But the reality is, is once something words, actions, anything like that sparks a memory in me. I, I All of this stuff comes flooding out of my memories of using, my memories of getting clean, uh, what I did to my family. Um, you know, it'll never happen to me. It'll never, I'm not hurting anybody but myself. Um, <clears throat> I don't walk around with guilt today because I've dealt with it all. But I totally understand someone who is out there who is hurting, who is a few days, minutes, hours, weeks, months clean and doesn't know who they are. And it's feeling that terrible shame. I think the shame is one of the things that that keeps people sick the longest because of of a lot of the things that you, you have to do to continue to get high and a lot of the ways that people look down on you and treat you and talk about you, you know, even to your face. I, right. I am shocked at the the judgmental attitudes that people who don't know who've never been exposed to this disease have. Well, uh, now now let me just throw this in there, throw that throw a curve in there. I'm shocked by the judgmental attitudes that people have that are in the program. Well, I agree that are in that recovery, too. and I, I and, actually said that in meetings. Yeah, you know, uh, lest we forget where we came from. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's. Um, it's sickening in one in one and it's and it's hopeful in another that people grow at a different rate and it gives you the benefit and the opportunity to look and see the individual for who they are and what they represent and if somebody has longevity in time 14 17 27 years in their not embracing a newcomer that comes in the door. Is that the individual that you want to ask to help walk you through the program? Absolutely not. I think not. You want the person with compassion and love in their heart who understands where you are and wants to help you out. And that person could have six months. Yes. They don't have a complete knowledge of the program. Hopefully they have a good base. Hopefully they have a good, good, good um, sponsorship and, good, and, and, you know, are surrounded by good people. But that individual may be the one that saves your life. That individual may be the one that keeps you grounded, keeps you in the door where the person with 16 years is pushing you out. 
Well, yeah, the the judgmental, the you know, the abstinence only, all of those things, I think, can be hurtful for the newcomer who first right. comes in, who isn't even sure that they want to be there. No, it's true. It's and, true. I, and I can share some stories about that as well. But we're about ready to go to break. So if you want, give us a call. 866-472-5792. That's 866-472-5792. We'll be back in a moment. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso. To bust through the myths about feeding your baby, Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you find yourself caring for people in multiple generations? Are you exhausted, stressed, and overwhelmed? Instead of spending hours searching for resources and information, Dr. Merrill and her guests will provide you with practical, everyday information and solutions to help make your life easier. Tune in to Caught Between Generations, Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. What does health look like in an ailing world? How do we tend what needs our care? Join Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio hosts each week as we explore pathways to health for self, society, and the planet. We are home to a range of voices, as there is no single roadmap for meeting the challenges of our times. Tune in Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific and 5 p.m. Eastern Time to expand your perspective, deepen your attention, and cultivate practices that support personal, communal, and global health on Voice America's Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to Miracles in Recovery. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to ray at miraclesinrecovery.org. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, welcome back. This hour is like flying by, isn't it? I, I, we can definitely talk. Yeah, and, and you know the funny thing is, is that when I when we get on a roll, I have no clue what it is that we're talking about. I have to go back and listen to the show, <laughs> and I say, "Wow, those I people know. sound like they have some wisdom." Well, hopefully, we'd have a little. Yeah, hopefully we do have a little. We've been going so. through this for quite a while. Yeah, so go ahead, pick up where we left off on that. So reading. we're still reading the story by um, Rebecca Chris- Christophe about her mother who died of a heroin overdose, sure. and we've just gone through. Um, she's talking about the the whole grief thing. She says, "How do you mourn for something you never actually had? How is it that something you thought you..." 
were already prepared for, something you knew was eventually going to happen, feels this terrible when it finally does. I hesitate to call it grief. There was already a void in my heart where a mother should have been, my sister said. There was always the hope in the back of my mind that she would get better one day and we could have some kind of mother-daughter relationship. Now that door is closed for good. Growing up in a house where every adult was high and strangers lived in every room makes me oddly comfortable in chaos. Violence, hunger, fear, and uncertainty were also guests in that hotel, as our neighbor used to call it, but I was never permitted to own that reality. I'm wondering how many times her mother said, I'm not hurting anybody but me. Famous last words of an addict, I'm hurting no one but me. Um, But don't you guys know... I think pretty so. quickly uh, I think so. what you're doing to the people that care about you until you get to the point where you just don't think anybody could possibly care about you anymore, I guess. No, I, I, I think that, um, for me anyway, I, I used that as a tool for a long time. Like I said, I was an emotional terrorist. Right. I, knew, I knew that I was hurting more than me just by my actions because I could manipulate what I wanted to do for the longest time. Until I got to a point of serious desperation where even that wasn't working, I think I used that as a reason or a tool to stay out there and justifiably, oh, poor me, look what I've, yeah. look what I've made of myself and I'm just going to sleep on this park bench and, you know, nobody, nobody will be the wise and nobody will be the dumber and, and I'll just... You know, if I go, I go. If my number comes up, then so be it. And sadly, I don't know countless people. I I got clean February 28th, 1989. It was 28 years ago. How many people that I know didn't make it out? There's there's hundreds. The the statistics are, honestly, that... Most people don't. 144 a day, right? Yes, 144 144 a day right now. We're in the middle of of a a very severe, very scary epidemic, and no one seems to have any answers as to how we got here and how we deal with it. Let's do a little math here, right? All right. I'm not good at that, but go ahead. Neither am I. So let's see if we can't get through this. 144 a day, right? And multiply that times 365. That's 52,560 people a year. And they are saying I that come, is more than people that get killed in car accidents. Definitely well, more than get, than get killed by gunshots. If we solidified that to the city of Port St. Lucie, where I live, I think, I think, the, uh, I think we have like 200,000 people in this, in this Something city. Something around there. Something around there. Give or take a few. Four years, this city would be wiped out. If we put a gate around it and chose 144 people a day to take out in four, four years, years. Wow. this city would be wiped out. That's that's a real scary way to think about it. And we look the other way. Or we say, oh, well, they deserve it. Or we Well, that's say, what I'm saying. I mean, yeah. sadly, you know, we, we see all these horror stories about 
looking at the morality of what addicts are doing. Yes, it's horrific in a lot of in a lot of it is. occasions. They're they're kidnapping people. They're shooting people. They're getting shot. Uh, they're doing. They're stealing, stealing things. They're know, and, driving cars with their kids in the back, and they're high. And, right. Or the, yeah, they 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 overdose at the wheel, and they, yeah, they crash, and there's kids in the car, and all of that. All of all those of horrific that is stories everywhere. The reality is that, you know, if you're a diabetic and you go to jail, you come back out a diabetic. Right. You know, you go to jail with cancer, hopefully you, you come back out with cancer. If you come out at all. So you go in an addict. You're, you're going to come out, out an addict. You know, and, and it's, it's, if you don't want to use the word disease, if you don't want to use the word, um, take it anything away from all of that moral stuff, and... You know, it, it's it's a brain disorder. Disorder. Yeah, disorder, dysfunction, disorder, whatever you want to say, however you want to use it, whatever, how it makes you feel good about embracing it. I know people that are still anticipating me dead. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't about being it wasn't about being an addict and and running on running on empty all the time and having drugs make my choices. It was about me being morally broken. Right. And And just being an evil individual. And they still think that I'm out there lurking around somewhere in a in in a hole. And I'm not. I'm out here embracing life the way that life is supposed to be embraced, sharing with everyone that I'm fortunately today I made it to the other side. Well, I today think is honestly, still absolutely today is still absolutely a good day to get high. I'm an addict. I'd be lying to myself if I didn't say that. And people sometimes people look at me with like less a little bit less time than me and they go like, What do you mean? Oh, they're afraid you're gonna go back out. Yeah, it's not about going back out. It's about embracing who I am. It's about embracing what I did. And the reality is, is if I don't choose to do what I do today to stay clean, that's in my cards. But honestly, I think you and a lot of people like you that I've met who've been through the recovery process, you know, be it 12 steps or some other way, mm-hmm. and have come out the other side, you live life better than a lot of people who've never had to experience the, you know, the the awful stuff that you had to go through to get to where you are today. But you have that that gratitude and that empathy for other people you know, it's, it's, that a lot of people do not have. Yeah, it's it's funny when you were saying that. I I was going my my mind was feeling greater than, and then immediately later. Feeling less than, like oh, don't don't be crediting me for something that I'm Aww. supposed to be doing anyway. But yes, I look at me how great I am for doing that. No, it's not. But that's the, but, but it's that's that you the, can you can you have the ability right. to see yourself the way you truly are, and you have the ability no matter what happens in your mm-hmm. life to embrace the good things in your life and be grateful for them. And a lot of people are not. And it, you know. I, for one, have a hard time with that still, even with a lot of years in a 12-step program. I actually was talking about this in a meeting last week. I can talk the gratitude game, but sometimes I find it very hard to feel grateful, and and I don't see that in you. I see, you know, you can lose jobs, you have difficulties that come here and there, and yet you still are able to rise above it. Hmm. And I think it's because of, being able to, or being as far down as you were, 
and having an appreciation for yeah, for this thing, this thing called life that I was taking for yeah, granted. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And and yeah. there are so many people, and and to me it's sad. There are so many people that don't have that. I guess it's the spiritual awakening that they talk about. Yeah. In the what is it? The twelfth step. What are those? <laughs> we have a caller on the line, and I want to introduce her as Gail slash Mum slash Happy Birthday. Thank you, Raymond. I, I just couldn't let this night go go by without expressing my um, my gratefulness that you're my son, that God uh, gave you to me, and that we're sober and clean, and. I'm just going to put a question out there that maybe we'll get, you'll get some answers next time. Have they introduced alcoholism, addiction to uh, doctors in their studies to be doctors? Um, my history, I worked in a detox for many years, mm-hmm. and the... Um, Doctors didn't know much about alcoholism or any or addiction, and I, I hope that they're learning about it when they first start medical school. It's important. That I they think. Have. I think maybe. I think maybe today um, times have changed, and I'm sure they probably have an awareness with well, the. Well, I don't know about that. I would no? say not a whole lot. My nephew is. Yeah. A, a, Chief resident now, and I don't think he spent a whole lot of time. No, learning I mean I don't know. No, I mean, they I'm they do a, a yeah. psych rotation, and they you know they maybe have a little, a few classes, but honestly, I no, I don't think they are immersed in it the way they need to be to understand. No, I, I, I guess yeah. you're right there, yeah, because because yeah, if ultimately they were, then yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Mom. That's where the better attitude comes from: knowledge of people that deal with addicts. Right. Exactly. Right. And, you know, yeah. unless they grew up in an alcoholic home or, you know, a home where the addiction was present, I don't think they're going to have a, a true appreciation of what it takes to deal with this disease. No, I know. But it really should be part of, of uh, a doctor's experience. I agree. Well, ultimately, yeah. you know, there should be some some on-the-job training, and I don't mean like you know residency at a at a detox or Boston City Hospital no. or something like that. Where you say, I mean, they should actively have to be in programs where they right. they should be they in the interact, so they can so see they it on a street level. Never mind the the moral aspect of it coming in the door and car crashes and all of that stuff well, and, and dealing got, with people you know, who the are ER flipping docs out. Are just sick yeah. Of it. So, yeah, of course they're sick of it. I, and I would be, too, if I had yeah. to deal with that every single day. I think I would have a twisted idea of what was going on. Um, so I think they should probably be introduced somehow, some way into a, um, like, even just, I don't know, but something that gives them an awareness of what the street the street idea of what an addict is. And you never get that unless they're coming in the door broken. Right. And that well, gives and you that moral time in the rooms with with uh, you know people who are trying to recover. I think that's and not just you know we have nursing students. I'm in I'm in Al-Anon and Naranon, and we have nursing students who come in, but they come for one meeting. Mm-hmm. That's not enough. Right. <laughs> You're never going to understand unless you spend time in it. Well, Gail, we okay. have uh, we have less than two minutes left, so why don't you spend it praising your 
your number one son. <laughs> well, and happy birthday, Ms. Gale. Happy birthday. Thank you. I, I'm sorry if I was very I may not strong, have been the first, but I am the best, I, right? I'm, <laughs> yeah, you're number one, right? Oh, dude, don't say that out loud. They're listening. <laughs> How do you know I don't say it to all of them? Well, I know you don't, Mom. <laughs> I, know. I know. All right. Okay. I love you. Good night, you. Ellen. Good, Good night, night. Good to talk to you. All right. Well, this has been a uh, very um, engaging show. I think, you know, something without a guest, it can just go anywhere. And this hour is like buzzed, you know, Um, maybe we start a should start getting up to like three or four hours but no i'm joking we we have about 30 seconds left is there anything that you want to say before we sign off well i would like to say again happy birthday miss gail i hope you have have had a wonderful day i hope everyone out there is having a wonderful day and happy birthday and what about your lovely daughter oh and Congratulations to my beautiful daughter. I, I hope this is only step one on a long and happy career, and pretty soon I will be sticking my head under your scissors. <laughs> Good night, everyone, and remember, with miracles in recovery, hope, hope is, is in, in your, your corner. corner. Have a good night. Thank you for joining us this week for Miracles in Recovery. Be sure to listen again for another edition with your host, Ray Lynch, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Have a great week. Hope is in your corner.